three, four. The common counterpart. And happy Cinco de Mayo. I am your beta host, Josh. And I am the alpha who is officially <laughs> a year older today. My name is Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. Thank you, sir. Do we still celebrate birthdays at your, mm, at no, your age? It, it, this one's very, I want to say not important. I don't know what you would say. Irrelevant? 34? Yeah. I mean, after 21. There's they, not a whole lot to look forward to. Yeah. And then the 30s. How do you feel about one more time around the sun? Uh, I don't, As a phrase. I don't, you heard that before? I have. It, it was probably clever at one point, um, but not as clever as it once was. I don't like it. You, okay. I don't know why. I don't have a good reason for it. It's just one of those things that just kind of grinds my gears a little bit. Well, I'm going to say it has a lot to do with the people who choose to use the phrase. Ooh. Uh, it's been my experience. Like When somebody says, I hated this subject in high school, I always ask them, did you like that teacher? And they say, sure. no, I hated that teacher. But these are people that I know. Oh, I, I listen. I'm, I'm sure you're surrounded by wonderful people all the time. Maybe it's just too cheery. Like around the sun we go. I think of like skipping around. I don't know. I just don't <laughs> like it that much. I'm just a year older today. What like, about happy birthday? Do or you? I'm just bitter. You're gonna get bitter. So you know that I, I shared with you years ago. Every decade, your body will downshift, right. and you need to listen to that, Mark. And you are the wise sage. I I am wise and old. So. Yeah. But it's not birthday, and so, yeah. you know what? That didn't stop us from recording. No, nothing stops us. We're like the male male people. Like the male people. No, well, no sleep. What is it? In, they have like a, a thing. In, <laughs> I think it's actually on the building. Yeah, in sl- no sleep, no snow, no... Hail. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I mean, it makes them sound super intense. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the military don't even have no, nothing sayings like, like that. Nothing yeah. like that. Like, you know, postal service, kill them all. Yeah, that's... <laughs> we never stop, except for on Sundays. Yes, and at 5 o'clock exactly. (laughs) Or if our truck breaks down. Yeah, so we are here today, and what do we got? Well, so you and I were talking, you know, should we talk to the people about what's going on behind the scenes? The commoners. The commoners. Let's do it. Uh, Commoners, I don't know if you're seeing this, but it seems as if the world is listening to what we have to say. Because chocolate became big on the internet. Uh, shipping lanes became a big deal. I feel like they're listening. I think. Right. And full transparency, obviously we waited for the Suez Canal thing to happen before we talked about it. <laughs> but what we are seeing now is they were looking at, what did I send you? It was about microchips, right? And the shortage of microchips. Did I send you that? N- no. Mm-hmm. Are you holding out on me? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a secret one I do on the side. <laughs> that's available at our Patreon, and that is uh, just at Mark Tackett on Patreon. Um, no, it had to do with um, supply chain yeah. and the issue with the supply chain, which kind of goes back to what we talked about. But then uh, there was another podcast, a very popular podcast, mm-hmm. um, hosted by the Fear Factor guy. No free ads. Um, Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Rogan's my boy. Not really, but it'd be kind of tight. Yeah. Uh, he just had someone on that was talking about microplastics. Yes. And it was crazy. And I don't know if it's because we do things that are current events mm-hmm. that they just lead to something <clears throat> else, but it is interesting. At, at best, you and I are at least relevant. That's fair. And we- at the worst, everything is bugged. <laughs> I'm going with bugged. And that sounds like your lane. Hey, who's, who's your buddy who's, who's on Team Josh? 
Oh, shout out to my boy Mike. Okay. Who always like- listens every week. And he's I think he's gonna try and get you that that gift? Uh, that that sombrero. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I will wear the foil sombrero dude, would be great. And I will wear that everywhere I go. Mikey, there you go, dude. Get on it, brother. <laughs> yeah. So for today. Let's talk about Norwegian wood. Don't get as specific as that. No, but that's a Beatles song, right? Oh, man, I don't know that. I'm trying to be as even more relevant. And it's kind of edgy. That, yeah. That's like a seaside track. See, yeah, oh. Beyond the okay. B-sides. A, a, a three-dimensional record. <laughs> uh, we, we need to talk about something that is huge right now. And something that really is probably one of the most underappreciated industries oh, in the world. Completely. Right, you were, I mean, you were, you were visibly hot and, and like on one when, oh, yeah. when you started going down this rabbit hole. So um, we need to talk about lumber. We need to talk about the logging, timber, construction industry right now because when you don't pay attention to supply lines and supply and demand and a workforce and technology in a global market – and then you get smacked with something like COVID-1984, you're going to have some problems. We're talking about trees. We're talking about them trees, people. And there's a lot to do. So much so that we are going to warn you now, this will be a two-part episode. Pretty sure it's going to be a two-parter. There's just, I mean, there's so much to talk about. And so, because we were, we were like, you know, what, what should we cover? And you came in with the, with, with the lumber, and my brain exploded. I, I think because it is when we th- when we think about the things that we use, especially when we're talking about energy resources, trees are not the first thing that comes to mind for in regards to in regards to energy right and and, and, and in regards to um, natural resources mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of times we feel like we're past that mm-hmm. like if there was an evolution of natural resources, trees is very at the very bottom because we didn't really do anything they were just already here right right they're on they're on the same path as like rocks well. No, to the normal, to the to, oh, the, to the normal, yeah, to the to non commoner, yeah, to the average average okay. Joe Schmo, because it it's not as attractive. Sure, it's it's renewable versus non renewable right now. Mm-hmm. It's you're either all solar or you're all oil, and there is no middle. Right, and you better pick a side, and you have to get mad at the other person. Well, and the other thing too about trees is we've been told since I was a kid on Saturday morning cartoons that only I can prevent forest fires. And trees are there to be saved. And with the big environmental movement that swept through, especially in California with saving the spotted owl on the west, west coast, I mean, timber and lumber and logging industries just completely shut down in the 80s and the 90s. And so we don't realize that we, we need trees. And I'm not talking fruit trees. I'm talking trees because when you look at what we use tree pulp for or wood – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a, a nerdy little environmental term on you. It's called ecological services. So nobody pays to grow trees. The trees grow on their own. They get the water. They get the carbon dioxide. They photosynthesize, and the tree grows. And I don't have to pay someone to watch it. I don't have to pay someone to feed it. Um, and so it's sort of a free service that, that the world gives us humans. It's the set it and forget it. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Um, and it's sort of back to fishing, right? You don't have to feed the fish. You just throw a pole in the water, and then you get to eat for a day. But when you think about forests and you think about this provisional ecological services, obviously we know that wood makes timber. You build houses. You build furniture. 
But what was the thing everybody was trying to get about a year ago, this time last year? Toilet paper. Number you're, one commodity. Yeah. You're making toilet paper. You're making paper towels. You're making junk mail. Think about how much paper we waste on junk mail. Dude, we, were, we were hating on the USPS, but is there an episode in there? There has to. Well, I mean. The USPS, but they're, they're gangster, though. They are, and they're connected. Have you ever seen that Seinfeld episode? Oh, why do you it's do this? so fun. Do you know that? I don't know why you like Seinfeld so much. My parents. Oh, okay. I just grew up with it. But there's a great mail <laughs> episode where the, they basically turn the mail into like the mafia. Uh-huh. And like they're out to get Jerry. It's just, okay. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. But I, anyway. I, yeah, did, jump. I, I did stumble across a Seinfeld where um, there was a white lady who had a Chinese sounding last name. Oh, dude, that's such a great episode. But every time she met people, they were disappointed that she wasn't Chinese. Yeah, that's a great episode. Okay. Not that one. But <laughs> when, we, when we think about junk mail... There, you're right. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And you go back to the pandemic. I mean, everyone sort of jokes and can joke about the toilet paper thing now, mm -hmm. but that had to come from somewhere. And they trees. And they could not catch up. No. And let's be honest. Okay, the two things that disappeared during the pandemic, and we are getting to trees, but bottled water and toilet paper in America. Strange, right? In, in the most. D developed country in the world, history of the world, and people are grabbing water and toilet paper. Yeah, it was very odd. Yeah, it was an odd... But here's, here's something else. The other thing that we did a lot of with COVID hitting is we bought everything from Amazon. All of that cardboard. So much cardboard. Right. And so we're cutting down trees all over the world to make things that we don't actually think are connected to uh, lumber. But the big, the big one is construction. The cost of construction is going up drastically. I read just the other day, the, to, to build a new home right now, the cost has increased to almost $40,000 just to pay for the lumber to build the house. Yeah, and that's really kind of, I think, what sparked this, at mm -hmm. least for me, as I was kind of reading around on some things that I thought were interesting. And a lot of it had to do with the, the inavailability of supply mm -hmm. and things that we actually need. And lumber just kind of caught our attention. It's just, it's naturally, mm -hmm. right, occurring. There's a rich history, and I know you sound like, gosh, why are you going to do an episode on the history of trees? Like, that sounds well, super boring. Because you always have to find a way to make yourself relevant. I got to get in it a little <laughs> bit. But there's, there, there's so much more to it that we often don't think about when it is the building material choice. Right. That's what's happening right now. And I think that a lot of... Well, I don't really want to get into the pandemic stuff now. That's going to be kind of more for, for part two. But let's, let's look at wood as, an, as a natural resource. Yeah. This is something you cover. Mm -hmm. In what capacity do you talk about it in your class? So um, a lot of it is hashtag sustainability. Make sure you get there. Save yeah. the turtles. Um, but sustainability, but we also talk about how all populations move through their forest. They, they, they find the forest. They cut it down to use the wood for fuel. They use it for building. Uh, the now uh, deforest area can be used for agriculture. You're building ships. And people just realize they hit the jackpot when they find a big forest, especially old growth. That picture I, I, I put in the file for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, we, we cut down trees 100 years ago where you can put 20 guys shoulder to shoulder and they cover the circumference of a, a fallen tree. Huge. So those trees were big. Yeah, I mean, they're buildings. They're yeah. essentially buildings. Yeah, and we, we can't build, we, we can't 
cut down those trees anymore. They're 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 protected. And but uh, there aren't very many. Not as many. I mean, like the General Sherman. Yeah. Uh, up the street here, uh, and I, I know in Africa they've got some just massive trees. Yeah, and you'd almost have to imagine <clears throat> that the the lack of development, mm-hmm. the more often you're going to find those things. Absolutely. And I think that's that's the number one point here to start with is that there is everything has to come from something. So if you want development, if you want growth, if you want innovation, what's the input? What is it that you're actually going to insert into the machine to get something out? You have to have a material. Right. And wood was readily available. It was free, right? Quote unquote free to begin with. And it was twofold. We got rid of the we got rid of the trees, mm-hmm. so now we have more land and now I have materials to do something with it. Mm-hmm. It's a very natural progression in terms of building materials. Of course. If you have it. Right. Now, if you don't, this is why people are not all living in wooden houses. Mm-hmm. People sort of scoff at the idea of living in mud and living in these mud huts or, you know, living in these gra- or grass huts. Mm-hmm. It, it's not by choice. Well, go to Texas. You, you drive through parts of Texas, it's just crazy flat. It, sh- it just didn't make any sense 50 years ago to haul lumber into certain parts of the country to build houses out of wood, so they built it out of brick. So it does make sense to build things out of the resources you have. I mean, you, you look at the Southwest and all those pueblos. Did I say that right? Very nice. I, With I, the adobe. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, that was good. Um, Sculptured. But again, it goes back to the, the materials you have. And there's a lot of, you know, I love that whole serendipitous thing where, you know, science and history meet. But there's a, an idea out there that one of the reasons the English went to building steel ships is because they were running out of wood. And Absolutely. So, so they were digging for materials, and they, and they found metals and steel, and they figured out how to make steel. And when you take a British uh, trading vessel up against the Chinese and the Indians, you know, 300 years ago, and you're, you're, you're having naval battles, the, the metal ship's going to win. Um, and so the fact that those guys ran through their wood supply first— and we're forced to look for new resources, made them a world power. Well, and that's one thing we always talk about. Why is it the English? Why did the English do this? How are they able to do this? In, in a sense, their irresponsibility mm-hmm. is what allowed them to flourish, mm-hmm. right? There was a time where England almost had no trees left, and it was what made America such a destination. Mm-hmm. And the land is great. The sea, you know, the shore is awesome. But when they got there and when they saw the amount of forest that existed, right, partially because Native Americans were living much more connected to nature. And nomadically. They, yeah. And right. they're moving around, right, following animals, following everything else. They st- they, when, they, when they saw that, they thought, Here are the, here's the answer to all of our problems. Absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to that idea that um, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Right. And so when you are... You know, when you run through those resources, you now have to fix that problem, which leads us to timber. Well, and trees are money. Trees are just absolute currency. Yeah, Liter- Literally money grows on trees. <laughs> right. But during this time, as, as we start seeing this progression and, and watching what they can do, it's just as valuable as gold. Mm-hmm. And people back in England realizing, wait a minute, there's trees everywhere. There's money to be made there. I'm going. And so now you're getting populations that shift. Yes, we have groups that were always taught that, yes, it was religious persecution that led these people here. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was this idea that got them here. Yes, they were trying to escape from this. A lot of them were trying to make money, and they wanted nothing to do with farming. 
right? That's hard work. That is way too much. The trees are already there and they're untouched. And it's not just the United States. Canada's involved too. Right. And so that's why the French are going to spend so much time going up through that area of Canada, why there's going to be why it's going to be so valuable, right? You have to think we have English fighting the French throughout the entire section. It wasn't just for the square footage. It was for everything that was on the square footage. And they weren't even fighting across their own what, what, what's is that the English Channel between England and France? Yeah. So the English and French weren't even fighting across the channel. They came all the way over yeah, to the I mean, new it's more land. Like proxy, and, yeah. You know, trying to find a home for those resources. Yeah. But I think you're right. As as they began to run out of timber, they switched to steel. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think that's going to be so significant as we move forward with this, as when it becomes, it's something that happens and becomes so common. When you can get it so cheaply, you really pay it no mind. Correct. And, and that's a big issue because you can keep paying it no mind until all of a sudden you need to. So we cover the, the concept of tragedy of the commons. Do you guys cover that? No, okay. not in those words. So uh, for, for those of you who are wondering what, what does a phrase like that mean, if you've ever seen the Lorax, uh, Dr. Dr. Seuss? Seuss? Yeah. Careful. Oh, am I? Careful. The man I... is canceled. <laughs> oh, has he been? You didn't see the book? Oh, that's right. You know who else? You know what else I saw? I saw Bill Maher. Uh, he had something very funny to say about that that I probably won't say. It's a good idea. Yeah. But it's uh, out there. Okay. Oh, well, then. I'll let you finish. With okay. your, the Lorax wasn't canceled. You're fine. Okay. Um, but the Lorax, not not the new Lorax, because that was sort that's of. That's the only one I know. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a little too woke for me. Go back to the 60s or 70s, like a 20 minute cartoon. Um, and it demonstrates that when when we gobble up resources and we don't consider hashtag sustainability and figuring out a way to replenish it, we will eventually run out of it. And so we we have in some parts of the of the, of the country and the world, we cut down too many trees and we disrupted habitat and we disrupted soil, um, uh, and so we we stopped logging. Um, where in other parts of the world. They didn't log at all, and now they've got these trees just sitting there, but they now have to bring up the economy to, to teach these folks in this area to log. Yeah, it's kind of a catch-22, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can only be good at logging if that's what you do. Right. And if you have the resources but you're trying to protect them, mm-hmm. everybody uses theirs, and they come to you saying, hey, we're willing to pay way more because we don't have it, and all of a sudden you're like, well, we don't know how to do it. Right. Now – other countries are going to be like, oh, we're going to send our company in. Mm-hmm. We'll buy this from you. And then now we're actually going to take all the profits ourselves. Well, you, you said something earlier about Canada. Is, is Canada in the... Oh, Canada's in the top. Are they really? Yeah, Canada's not playing. Okay. It is one thing. And, I, and you have to kind of... Everyone sort of... I don't know why everyone kind of hates on Canada so much. I think I like Canada. Dude, Canada's the hat, bro. They're America's hat. They're the hat, yeah. dude. And they are kind of like sly in the way that they conduct business. Are they, eh? Eh? But <laughs> it works great. Mm-hmm. They know what they have. And they're like, they don't have the ambition to be number one. That's there, different. Hey, and I got to, there's something about knowing your spot. Yeah. Being beta. Dude, know your role, bro. It's not It's not a bad spot to know be at. Know your role. Yeah. Right. You fly under the radar. Now, Canada is one of the countries that has some of the largest exporting of um, timber in the world. Right. So those major, major countries, if we look at who's doing the most, uh, United States, Mexico, 
which I thought was interesting. Canada, China, Brazil. Okay, wait. Are, is that in order? No. Okay. Because I, I think I saw something where Canada, well, at least maybe in America, represents 30% of our timber. It is a lot. And I don't know the difference between timber and lumber. Mm. I also don't know the difference between concrete and cement. Mm. And I, I know that I'm using the, the term in the wrong... Interchangeably? Yeah, you're not going to look it up, are you? No, I'm not going to. Okay. But... I mean, here in the common counterpart, you just talk about it like you know. We're just trying to keep it real, Just guys. talk about it like you know. Yeah, tomato, tomato. I've heard it both ways. Right. Um, but that's what, what, what blows me away is even though we have, com- we have drastically shut down logging in America, we're still number two. It's pretty insane. Right. But you think about our population. You mm-hmm. think about the levels of population that we have. You think about the amount of housing that exists. Yeah, we've built. And we a- go through a lot. Mm-hmm. And like you said at the very beginning, I, I don't think it makes any sense unless you understand that at pre-pandemic, it's $10,000. Right. In, in, in lumber to build a house. And now you're up to 40000 Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a times four. Yeah. That's a huge deal. And what, and that has to come from somewhere. And that's even if you can get it, right? Which sure. is even far different. But why am I going to, and again, I'm on, I'm in North Fresno. Okay. A little, little bougie. We like our, our new and our, uh, why in the world would anybody pay an extra 40 grand to build a brand new house with no landscaping? The trees are little sticks. When you could just go up the street a little bit and buy a pre-built home with mature trees and not have to pay that extra price for the, the, the lumber. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, I, and, and we'll go into this next week, where I, I, I feel like the industry thought that COVID would shut things down, mm-hmm. but it did the opposite. Mm-hmm. People are at home realizing how much they don't like their home, right. realizing they want a different home. And so construction's been booming. Yeah. Has construction been booming at your house? You a big builder? You got a tool belt? or? I own a fair <laughs> share of tools, my friend. Don't do that right now. I, I, I went the gardening route. I, I spent way too much money on PVC pipe to, to, to redo sprinklers. There's no play. splinters in PVC, so you're, you're good. I, well, unfortunately, every time I put a shovel in the dirt, I break a, a, a sprinkler line. So I should have bought stock in PVC. You should have. Yeah, which by or the way. Or maybe timber. Which contributes to the microplastics Careful. in the ocean. I already covered that. I'm tying the knots, We already covered buddy. that. Now, when we look at logging, what a couple things I think are interesting. If we're going to be tying knots, let's go back to our episode on the rainforest. Okay. Area of the world that has one of the largest concentrations of illegal logging. Really? Taking place. And this is what I love, and we talked about this. The reason why people steal, the reason why people commit crimes has to do with their current situation, with their opportunity. Time and place. Time and place, baby. Yeah. Time and place. And these areas, illegal logging is worth up to $100 billion a year. So The black market logging. Can you imagine that? It's like having a black market Lowe's. Is it okay to say black market? Yes, it is. Okay. I think it's just because it's dark. Okay. Dark market. Dark outside. You do things by like the shade of night. Got it. I actually don't know where the term comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, you know... under the table. Yeah, the illegal, I like that. Is it tree poaching? I mean, are, when yeah, you, when I mean, you kill an animal illegally, it's oh, poaching. I see what you're saying. So are we yeah, tree poaching? You are. And so I understand stealing, oh, running into my neighbor's yard and stealing some strawberries, okay? How do you steal a tree? 
How do you in the with- dead of night? <laughs> you have to imagine. I mean, we're not taught. And I think this is again. You're not going to your neighbor's house with a saw and like, all right, twenty minutes. I'm having me a tree. You're yeah. talking about the rainforest. You're talking mm-hmm. about areas that are so large, it would be impossible for you to know. Right. And you're talking about a very desired product. Yeah. It's weird that you would even think an illegal market exists for different types of wood. Right. But scarcity is what causes yeah. expenses to go well, up. And, and when you consider that doing anything illegally, you completely bypass any sort of regulation. So you're not worried about safety and or OSHA, environmental, uh, health benefits of your workers. Any of the middleman stuff, None transportation, you do it, it all is, yourself. And, and I would imagine that anyone working in that field, you're, you're looking at just slightly above slave labor. You're looking Absolutely. at organized crime. Yep. And you're like, hey, listen, we own you, and you are going to go and chop down these trees until we get caught, and that's how you're going to keep your family fed. Absolutely. The exact same thing as what we're talking about when we did the chocolate episode. Yeah. Very, very similar. When we, it's a very old school thing, though, right? I I remember if you remember like when we were in school learning about like. We were not in school together. We have both been to school (laughs) when they were talking about like California logging and like it's a big deal around here. Mm -hmm. They got the flumes, right? And you start making your way down the water and there's all these stories of guys that came over to get rich and all of a sudden they're like riding logs like bulls and they just like ride them miles and miles and then Magic Mountain, you know, turns it into a ride. Yeah. And, you know, it's it becomes folklore. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what type of impact did that have environmentally on California? Well, I, I think the, the environmental concern happens more with population. So when you consider that L.A. at one point had 50,000 people in it, there's no way for 50,000 people to have significantly affected the environment. So I think when you had people in the late 1800s getting up into Shaver thinking, we want to build California, I mean, the trees are in, up, up in the Sierra Nevadas. They're not down in the valley. And I don't think there was a huge environmental impact initially. Um, one thing that I can't even imagine us doing right now in California is the amount of water that you would have used simply as a transportation mechanism. So you're, you're letting that river run. I'm sorry, you're letting that water run down the flume like a river. You're losing all that water to evaporation. That water that was placed in the mountains because of, of snow melt and rain is now being sent down into Sanger, Clovis, Pine. Do you know that Pinedale is named after the pine trees that came down from Pine Flat? Dang, I did not. That's crazy. And I grew up just around the corner from Pinedale. So what do they do with the water when it gets down to the bottom? I believe they just would put it back into a canal and feed it to uh, either the uh, uh, San Joaquin River, mm-hmm. or they would just divert it into ag canals for farming. Those things were just running all the time. Constantly. It's crazy how much water was coming through those. And you could, because you know, we go up to Shaver all the time, but there are stories of, you know, you, you have guys that would go, would drive up to Shaver, they would work for a week, and then they would ride, ride, ride the, the log down yeah, right. four, four hours, and then you just got picked up in Clovis. It's the log jammer. Yeah. That's where all these rides come from. <laughs> now, have you ever seen the pictures of these flumes? Yes. So there's not a lot of room for error. Dicey. Yeah. To say the least. 200-foot drop. Yeah. There are, uh, there are some flume still up in the, in the high mountains. You got to go way back in the sticks to find it. But they just left them, they, essentially, right? They I mean, them. 
yeah, how are you, you're not going to be able to deconstruct that. No. It, once they're there, I mean, these are massive structures. Yeah, so either they've rotted or fire, but I know there's some some up there. But again, the the, the timber was free, and it built those communities. It, it Like I said, it not only did farming help build uh, uh, California, but also just the free trees. You had a lot of ballsy people go out there, start up a, a, a logging company or a sawmill or whatever, and they made a fortune bringing logs down down the flume. And for every, you know, as you watch these communities and these towns grow in, in California especially, it's a desired location. Mm-hmm. We couldn't, we cannot put enough houses here. No. And it all started with this really old school nature to nature. We're going to use the water from the snowpack. We're going to use the trees that are here and we're going to find a way to move it. What's crazy is that level of development to us feels so old, right? It's like the Ken Burns effect on like a gold rush documentary Mm -hmm. where the pictures are just like, you can't imagine that that was really life. And then you go to a different part of the world and you watch how it's still being done in a very similar way. Okay. So nice segue. You like that? Please, please tell us what you know. (laughs) So I sent, I sent a video to you. You did. And it was awesome. And it's so cool to watch. So West Africa, Nigeria in particular, there are these, these loggers and, and, and they are essentially doing what we did in California, but they're doing it in their own way. Mm -hmm. And they are transporting these trees by water because it's what they have. Right to us in 2021, it makes no sense to transport things by water and through those different rivers. Like that's you're not being as efficient as you can. Right, you go with trucks or you go with rail cars. They don't have those. Mm-hmm. The rail system in Africa is absolutely awful. It was started and stopped so many different times by different um, imperialistic countries, and they abandon projects. And so nothing connects to each other. It doesn't make any sense. And they don't have the infrastructure to support a trucking industry. You can't just drive, right? Think of like the final destination truck. Right. Right? That type of truck, you can't just put that on any old dirt road. Mm -hmm. Like you need to have regulation to it. You need to make sure it's wide enough. You need to make sure it can support the weight. How are you going to get them on there? How are Mm -hmm. you going to get them off of there? And if that road is not paved? Oh, it's a disaster. Right. And so what they do is they use the water and they have tugboats. Some of them have tugboats. Some of them are using more like rafts Mm -hmm. and they're essentially just kind of shoving the logs down and it takes months to get them from where they're being harvested until they hit the shipping yard. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was so crazy about the shipping yard, I'm going to try and post a picture of this um, as our episode. It it was almost artistic, some of the photos. Yeah, for Common Counterpart. So check us out on Instagram, at the Common Counterpart. I'm going to post a picture of what this looks like. It it almost looks like a water world version of like a timber yard, Mm -hmm. where literally the guys are in chest deep water, and they're pushing logs around. And what I liked, I go back and forth with, this environmentalism idea of sustainability and carbon footprint and that sort of thing, that is an incredibly sustainable way to do things because you're actually making people kind of pay for the free wood that's coming down the river. So, uh, you know, when you and I think that there was a time you could just zip over to Home Depot, grab a bunch of lumber and build a fence in a day, boom, you're done. But we don't think about it taking hundreds of years for those trees to grow and the jobs it required to cut the timber and the, 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 the gasoline and the fuel and the electricity and the man hours. And yet Nigeria, they're old school. They're letting gravity and water and a little bit of technology, the tugboats, 
I watched. I, I like that one guy. He had three tugboats. He'd so been doing great. It for, yeah, dude, it took him forever to get there. Right, but once the other cool thing too about letting wood do that is it does get treated. You know, a lot of the wood that we use here in America, we cut it, uh, we cu- cut down the tree, we turn them into into planks and boards and two by fours or whatever, and then we stack it wet. It's still like it's it's like a. a your, your meat, your, it's like a medium, it's medium rare, the wood is. And it really needs to sit and season for a while. But we don't let it season. And this is why if, if you've ever tried to build a fence with wet wood, you come back a couple months later and all your boards are starting to, to twist because we didn't let the wood season. We also don't have time. No, time and, is money, son. So we are like, let's, let's stamp these with plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's, in, you know what I mean? Like yeah. let's create these like hybrid pieces of building material that are gonna be fire resistant. Yeah. That 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 are are gonna stay straight. Mm-hmm. Nature doesn't always build things straight. Listen, anything that makes something fireproof is anti-nature. And it makes yeah. yeah it, nothing should be fireproof. Right. Especially wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Defeats purpose. But just watching that video and watching how they do things, it totally makes sense. That countries that do not have the levels of development that the United States have understand something more about what it takes. Mm. And I, as you're talking about the, the changes and the differences, I, I think about this all the time. You think about at um, Christmas time when you go and you buy your tree, and you don't go out and do it, mm-hmm. right? You go to the lot, right? And they have them all there for you. You still buy a tree? No. Okay. <laughs> hashtag hashtag sustainable. We prefer the plastic. Um, but it's sort of niche now to go out and cut your own tree down. Oh, it's the worst. Right? Think of the Griswolds, right? Yeah, you, exactly. You, yeah, you go there. And that's something that's so out of the ordinary that mm-hmm. you, I'm like, you're a crazy person. I would love to know how many commoners out there have that as a tradition. Tradition. Yeah, shout out. Anybody respond back to our photo tomorrow if you have ever cut down yeah. your own Christmas tree. We did it. We did it once with my dad. But don't you understand so much more about that tree? I understand my father didn't enjoy a moment. I wouldn't either. Yeah. But somebody is doing it. Right. And somebody has to do it. So you wonder why you go to Costco and mm-hmm. you got to pay $95 for a tree. Right. Yeah, man. Like, you didn't do $95 worth of work to get that tree. And that tree did not come from Fresno. That came from Oregon. Right. And there, in it's all, you know, there's, there's a lot more economics that go into it. Mm-hmm. But when we look at these countries that are increasing in their production of timber they're not typically countries that are absolutely killing it in the world game Mm. right if you think about our demographic transition Mm -hmm. right united states stage four like we're at the highest technically like the highest peak that you want to be right after stage five you start reverting back down so stage four you look at these other countries you look at mexico you look at brazil you look at china people would say that they are developed ish Sure. Right? Like, they still have areas of growth that need to be made. Because there are parts of those countries that are developed to that the look, level of America. That look fantastic. But when you, you look at the common tell. citizen or the, 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 the average citizen. Right. But what you get with those countries is the need for materials. Right. If you want to continue to progress. It doesn't surprise me that China is producing so much timber. Right. I mean, 1.3 billion people. Right. They got to live somewhere. Right. And you got you got to, and and whether you're building furniture or you're producing paper or packaging or cardboard or whatever it is, uh, 
It is kind of bizarre, though. 2021, and we are now freaking out over such a vanilla resource. It's so – it's almost insulting to the progressive mind that we're, we're freaking out over wood. You would have thought we, we would have moved beyond it. Like trees would have just been, like, super old school? Yeah, you – Oh, you guys remember when we used to cut those down to build that was stuff? Hilarious. That was hilarious. Remember when we used to ship things via mail? Now yeah. we just transport them? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the checkbook of its day, right? Like, we're not, like no you, one's writing checks anymore. Uh, I still have a checkbook. That's embarrassing and cute <laughs> at the same time. Sometimes you got to have a check. Made from trees. <laughs> kind of. Also, <laughs> checks are pretty plastic. True that. Well... This was kind of our intro. Yeah. And I feel like you are just itching oh, to can get you see to it? next week. I can see you're like, this is kind of boring. I really want to get to next week. You ever have that, uh, that sensation in your back where if you just could stretch, there, you, you could pop it and, and all the tension would be gone? No? Is that something? I'm 34, not 44. Oh, oh, oh okay. So, um, yeah, so I am itching to get to... Uh, uh, next week's discussion on some of the more nuanced uh, lumber uh, data points in regards to history and economics and, and, and environmental issues. The tinfoil sombrero is coming out next week. Dude. I got a feeling. And by the way, hashtag tinfoil sombrero. I th- I th- That's fair. We'll start adding that in. I think there might be more people on Team Josh than Team Mark. That is, your is more exciting <laughs> for sure. Well, before we go... Mr. Tinfoil Sombrero on Cinco de Mayo. Hit him with a little bit of wisdom of the week. Okay. And uh, a little bit of a controversial uh, uh, author here. And I don't know how to pronounce this person's name appropriately. So for those of you who are diehard fans, uh, the infamous author Anne Rand. I think think that's right. Is it? I think so. Yeah, the spelling's wrong. Anyways, uh, she said at one point, we can evade reality but we cannot evade the consequences of evading reality. So good. That's my head blowing up. And you just blew the speakers out of everyone's <laughs> car. <laughs> but that's dope. My attempt at beatboxing. I love it. I do too. I, dude, let's just hit stop and let's record next week right now. We cannot. We will okay. make the commoners wait okay. and we will wait. Listen, we can avoid reality. Can't avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. Right, just because your head's in the sand, Mr. Ostrich. <laughs> My head's in the clouds right now, does man. does not mean you're not going to get bulldozed over <laughs> by them boys coming to take the lumber. <laughs> nice nice play. Yeah, I try. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. As always, make sure you give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Share that you are listening on Spotify, on your Instagram stories. We will be reposting those. Um, Make sure that you are following us on Instagram at The Common Counterpart. We're going to post some images of some different... Uh, lumber situations around the world. Yeah, this week woody pulp material paraphernalia. That sounds weird when you say it. I'm sorry. It sounded yeah. It sounded cle- more clever in my head. I That's apologize. Okay. Well, next week we'll be wrapping it up, and we are looking forward to it. So, Josh, I will see you next week. Happy birthday. See ya. Thank you. Ya.